Awesome. Okay. Let's move on. So who of you know that the Word of God is referred to as the sword of the Spirit? Okay. And it is useful for all sorts of things. It divides the Spirit from the flesh. It gets right to the heart of matters. That's what Scripture tells us, okay? So not only is this thing good for reading, but you can stab people with it. No, not, not literally, okay? I mean, I'm talking spiritually. Because the question is now, you know, okay, cool, we've been talking about the Bible, and it's really cool and stuff, but can the Bible be used for questions today? Okay? Um, the Bible does not talk about dating. Can I use the Bible to answer questions on relationships? Okay? The Bible does not talk about um, cars. So can I use the Bible to talk about road rage? <laughs> the Bible does not talk about Donald Trump. What's my answer there? Lord, help me! <laughs> no, I'm joking. Lord bless him. And so the question is, is the Bible relevant? Can the Bible be used in all circumstances for all things? I, I believe that it is. Um, that's a cool scripture. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. Isn't that beautiful? The last part. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You see, God made things very clear. He's not interested in what happens outside the body. Okay, he is, he is, he cares, but while man looks on the, on the outside, God looks on the inside. He wants to know what, what's going on in your heart. Okay, but before we get there, let's do a bit of an exercise. So go to the next slide, JH. So this is what we're going to do. We are going to break up into eight groups. Relevant, yes, first question. <laughs> Hashtag relevant. Um, we're going to break up into eight groups, okay? And each group, I'm going to number the groups, one to eight. Each group is going to take one of those questions. If you're group number one, you're going to get question number one. Group number two, question number two etc etc and you in the group are going to discuss that question and you are going to use the bible find some scripture do what all great theologians do google it and um, see what you guys can come up with as a group you guys keen for this who, th who of you think these are good questions who of you have at some point or other asked one or more of these questions okay these, these questions are, are relevant. The first one being very relevant as of this last week. Okay? And the reason why these questions are amazing is because these are the kind of questions um, 
that really define a lot of people's wrestling with who Jesus is. They de- it defines a, um, a, a real sort of center point of, yeah, I, I don't understand Christianity. I don't understand why Christians can be Christians. And there's, there's a whole lot more questions. Um, Ravi Zacharias International Ministry, they, they've identified 20 different questions which come up statistically more often than not when they do speakings. Um, so these are just a handful. Um, two of the questions I even asked uh, Avia, who's in school, I said, hey, what are the, some of the questions that, that, you, that you ask yourself? Those are the last two questions. There, I mean, we've got to wrestle with these questions. We've got to have an answer for these questions, and not necessarily a "this is the right thing." But, but I think all too often, when people come and ask us these questions, we brush them aside, and in brushing them aside, we brush people aside. Amen. Um, it's not. It's not about right or wrong. It's about the attitude of the heart. It's not, about, it's not about eating and drinking. Romans 14 teaches us it's not about eating or drinking, but it's about do you care that your brother stumbles or doesn't stumble? That's what it's about. That's what these questions sort of get to. So I'm not going to answer these questions for you, but I want to start off, I want to give you a starting place because I want you to, take a picture of these questions, write down these questions, but I want you to go and wrestle with these questions. I want you to talk to people about these questions. Talk to me, talk to Amul, talk to friends, talk to, talk to your friends that aren't Christian. What do they think about these questions? And it's, it's about getting yourself out there. It's about thinking through these questions. But for me, I've, I've wrestled with these questions myself. And I've found answers in scriptures. And I want to give you a starting point because all of these questions can be summed up into two questions. Number one, who do you say Jesus is? And number two, what does that mean for you? Who do you say Jesus is? And what does that mean for you? If you answer those two questions, you can answer those questions. Because everything is about perspective. It's about the condition of your heart. Perspective comes from a place of the condition of your heart. From what Jesus said, it's not about what goes inside a man, but what comes out of him. For for from the abundance of the heart, so the mouth speaks. Isn't that amazing? That's scary at the same time, but it's amazing. So I want to start there. So the question is not, um, uh, you know, these are not the real questions. These are questions that are masking deeper questions. When somebody comes and asks these questions, what they're asking me is, Luke, who do you say Jesus is? Okay. How can a good God send people to hell? So, Luke, what's your take on who Jesus is? That's what they're asking. What they're asking is, what they're saying is, Luke, I've been 
I've been in church for a very, very long time. I've been told to sit down and keep quiet. Um, but what I see is, when I read the Bible, is destruction and chaos. But when I see your life, it doesn't look like that. So I, what, I'm, what I'm seeing and what I see in you is not the same thing. So who do you say Jesus is? How did you get to where you are now? Do you, do you, see, what I'm, do you see what I'm getting at? The question there, the questions there are not the question. That makes sense. So any, before we go, you have to wrestle with this question. Who do you say Jesus is? What does the Bible say about who Jesus is? We spoke, I've, I've, if you've um, been coming to church in the last couple of weeks, you know God has been taking me through the, the parable of the prodigal son. And the first my first answer when preparing the sermon is that Jesus is our older brother. Okay? If you read the story of the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son is about two brothers. One who um, took his inheritance, spent it all, ended up in a pigsty, and then the second brother was a brother who try to work for God's favor. So there we had one brother who tried to get the stuff of the father by being very, very bad, and one brother who tried to get the stuff of the father by being very, very good. And when Jesus is telling this parable, the Jews of that time knew that in their context, it was the older brother's responsibility to go get the younger brother. And Jesus was saying that the church of that day, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, had failed the, the non-believers, the lost people, as being an older brother. This, that parable, the parable of the, of, the, of, the, of the prodigal son, would have smacked him in the face. You, you, and then he comes and declares himself as the older brother, one who left an, an inheritance, left the throne, became man and came and fetched you. Why why believe in Christianity when there's so many other religions? Well, to me it's very simple. There is only one religion in which God came to earth and came to get us. It's a very simple question. He is, if you want to start with Jesus, he is the one who left everything made himself man to come get you. People often use an a analogy of a mountain where um, there are many roads up the mountain and it doesn't matter which road but it eventually you'll get to the top of the mountain. But Christianity is unique in that it prescribes that before you even start climbing the mountain Jesus came down the mountain to come get you. Isn't that beautiful? He's the older brother who didn't wait for you to get out of the pigsty. While you were in the pigsty, he came and picked you up. He said, come with me. Follow me. I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life. I'll show you. I'll show you the road. Isn't that cool? Okay. He's God made man. He is the most important thing that we have today. 
okay? You, un- you and I understand in John 3.16, it says, Greater love has no man than a man. Ah, I'm going a different screen. John 3. That was a test. You guys failed. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever should believe in him should not die but have everlasting life. Okay, I gave him the mic because I couldn't remember it. I'm joking. <laughs> so there's, there's, a, there's a picture of worth there, okay? You know, if you go to an art gallery and one picture can be five rand and another picture can be 50 million rand, and what sets the value of the picture? You can have a very long discussion on that point, but it basically comes down to the picture is worth how much somebody is prepared to pay for it. Yeah? A billion dollars. Thanks, Keith. So you can have a picture that, is, that somebody says is worth 15 million rand, 15,000 rand. Let's make it relevant. But if somebody only pays 5,000 Rand for that picture, it is only worth 5,000 Rand, right? Okay? What am I getting at? Is that worth, your worth, is determined by the price somebody is willing to pay for you. How much, how much worth do you think God places in you? Not because of who you are or what you have done, but simply because of the price that he was willing to pay for you. Who is Jesus? That is the question you've got to ask. He is God's most precious creation. Who is Jesus? He is the older brother who gave up a seat next to God to come get you. That is what you need to realign your mind with. That is what you need to realign your heart with. That's what you need to realign your spirit with. And that last point is very important. 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says, it says technology takes time. It says the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Listen to this. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Why? For they are folly to, to him and he is not able to understand them because They are spiritually discerned. The natural man looks at the things of God and he sees them as being stupid. Why? Because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Okay? The spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. There's an alignment that needs to happen in the heart. You need to align yourself with the mind of Christ, with the spirit of Christ. Because if you want to start answering those questions, those spiritual questions, it starts with the perspective of being aligned with the spirit of God, with his son Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. You guys with me?
Okay. Now, that question, who do you say I am? Who do you say Jesus is? I've just listed three things, and there were three things that I, I prayed about for this, for this service. Okay. But that list goes on and on. And that is a question you must answer for yourself. Okay? You need to go read the scriptures. You need to go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And ask yourself that question. Who do I say is Jesus? Why is that? Why is that? Can, can I borrow your glasses for a second? Okay? You've got to think, you've got to think of the word of God like glasses. Okay? And things are out of focus with them, and you put them on, and things come into focus. Okay? For me, it's the reverse. Sorry. (laughs) But there is perspective, and how you see the world is important. Because we can have many, many debates about science, religion, creationism, evolution, etc., etc. But the way that you see the world ultimately determines your answer. And what you see is determined by what you put in front of your eyes. You get what I'm saying? I'm talking specifically in a spiritual context, obviously. But if you, if you believe that God is real, your answers are a certain, you know, come to a certain conclusion. And if you believe that he's not real, your answers come to a different conclusion. So we can talk science, we can talk religion, we can talk philosophy. Those things have their limits. And the ultimate question that you have to come up with, that you have to answer is, who do you say Jesus is? When everything is said and done, when we remove all the rubble, you've got to answer that for yourself. You've got to pray about that. You've got to read into it. You've got to do your homework. How you answer that question start with those other eight questions. And then there's another, there's another question that we have to answer. And um, there's also a very simple one. It follows from the first one because what you believe about the first one answers the second one. What does that mean for us? Your answer on who you, who you say Jesus is determines your answer for what does that mean for me. Okay? See, for me, Jesus is Lord. He is Savior. He's the one that saved my life. He's the one that gave up his right hand next to God, came to earth, made himself man, died on the cross for my sins. That's the way I see him. And my actions after that, what that means for me is, I'm going to put down my life so that other people can see that. It's a matter of picking up my cross. Okay? Jesus saved me for the sake of reaching other people. That is what I believe. That is, that is how I got to that second question. What I answered for the first question determines my actions for the second question. And I judge everything according to that second answer. Why do I have a problem with smoking weed? Because it doesn't help me with the cause of the gospel. It is ineffective. 
it hinders my cause for, and if it stops me spreading the gospel, it, it's out. You understand? But I can't answer that question if I can't answer who Jesus is. If I don't know who Jesus is, I don't know what that means for me. I don't know the purpose of my life. And because I know the answer to the first question, I can answer that second question. And everything is weighed up by that second question. Does it help my cause to further the gospel? No. Does sleeping with your girlfriend further the cause of the, gulf of the gospel? No. You understand where I'm getting at? Does a debate about Christianity versus evolution further the cause of the gospel? I don't know. You answer that question. You see what I'm getting at? The first question, who I say Jesus is, answers it determines the second question. You with me? Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And this, this is what I want to leave with tonight. Let's stand up together.